Phillies are 2008 World Champions of Baseball. The Philadelphia Eagles are Super Bowl champions. Eagles fans everywhere, this is for you. Now entering the game from Philly Press Box Radio, Bill Furman and Jim Chet Chesko. It's Wednesday, November 16th, 2022. Welcome to the Philly Press Box Radio Roundtable brought to you by the Irish Rover Station House in Langhorne, PA, Allstate Insurance in Westchester, PA, and the Edge of Philly Sports Network. I'm Bill Furman. I'll be your host tonight along with my partner, Jim Chet Chesko. Hey, Chet, uh, the Eagles had that letdown we thought they would have at some point. We just didn't expect it on Monday Night Football in primetime. Sixers have reached seven and seven after winning their last two. Flyers are struggling. They're scuffling everywhere they go. Not much word on Philly's free agency, but we did get word today that Bryce Harper is having major surgery. Not good. Yeah, we'll talk about that for sure. Uh, You know, I can promise that we're going to have a good show, but I got to say it was a lot more fun around here a couple of weeks ago when the Eagles were undefeated and the Phillies were up two games to one in the World Series. I'm just saying. Oh, by the way, Bill, I'm I'm just glad to be here because I don't know if you saw, but over the weekend, I got attacked by a bunch of monsters and then a zombie tried to like chew my head off. So I'm just lucky to be here, you know? Yeah, well, and so are the Eagles after that uh, event they put on. And you know what, Chad, I had to say, I just spilled my iced tea all over the place, too. So <laughs> we're off to a flying start. Oh, but, hey, yeah. we're going to make it better because we got plenty to talk about. We have a great guest making a return visit to Philly Press Box Radio for I don't know how many times. Mark Eckel will be joining us. Uh, is he the leader in the clubhouse? Actually, this is Mark's 18th visit with us, but he's only in fourth place, Bill. Uh, he's behind Brandon Lee Gowton, 21 visits, Ray Didinger, the GOAT, at 19, and D. Lineham, also 19. So at 18, Mark is tied with Kevin Riley. We don't want to pull Mark from his beach chair too often, you know? Yeah, well, I'll tell you what. Mark's going to have some good things to say tonight, I know, because one is uh, the Eagles lost, and two, the Packers are coming to town very shortly. So uh, yep. and they And they beat that team from down south with the Stars, so... I'm sure yeah. Mark's pretty fired up tonight. We like that. Bring him on. That's right. Let's go ahead. Let's welcome our friend Mark Eckel back to Philly Press Box Radio. Mark, as always, good to have you back. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Bill. Thanks, Chet. Hey, that's not bad being on being in fourth, considering I haven't been up there in over six years now. So I know. I'm, I'm trying to visit a couple times a year, though. Six years, six years already? Yes. Wow. I'm flattered that you still care. That, you know, I'm, I'm not out of sight, out of mind, at least. You know? <laughs> Never. Ah, uh, Mark. Hey, you know, when we scheduled you uh, for this visit yeah. a couple of weeks back, I fully expected us to be talking about a 9-0 and Eagles team, but of course, things didn't go quite as well as we would have hoped Monday night at the link. Turnovers and penalties will often lead to a loss. I'm sure you watched. Should yeah. Eagles fans be overly concerned about that performance? Well, not overly is a strong word. Concerned. Because they did, they played terrible. I mean, no, no, get, there's no getting around the fact. I mean, give Washington credit. I, mean, I, I hate to, I hate to, you know, when your team loses, you always find why your team lost, right? You know, you, and, you, and you nitpick here, there, and there. Washington deserves some credit 
for the way they played. They probably played one of their, their better games of the, of, of the year. But with that said, the Eagles, the Eagles lost the game. I mean, um, four turnovers is that's more than they had all season. It's funny. A friend of mine down, down here, who's not an Eagles fan, obviously, but he, but he knows that people know what I did, you know? So he's, you know, Hey, he says to me, this is like around an hour be, before the start of the game. Why are the Eagles so good? What are they doing right? How come they're, you know what? And I say, well, they don't make mistakes. That's the best thing that they do. They just don't make mistakes. They don't beat themselves. They, they only have three turnovers all, all year. They don't get penalized that often. And when they do, it's, it's not stupid penalties. It's, you know, maybe a hold here, a pass interference there, things like that just happen over the course of a game. But they, I said, they've been playing very smart football. And they go out and make me look like I'm an idiot. <laughs> they turn the ball over four times. They they have dumb penalties, and you know, and they lost. But I mean, I'm with you. I, I heard you guys talking be, before you brought me on. They were due for a letdown game. I mean, it's hard to go 17. And, I mean, no, but I mean, there was there a chance? Yeah, there's always when you're eight and zero. There's always a chance, but you probably, you know, realistically, they weren't going to go undefeated. Right. But I never. This wasn't. If you, I would have. If you ask me what game were they going to lose of, of the ones they had left, this would have been low on the list of the ones I thought they would lose. I didn't think they would lose at home in prime time to a division foe. Yeah. Well, I think one thing, one thing, Mark, that, that, you know, I think there's a lot of panic going on around around the city and around the team now. They're still 8-1. But I think if you, if you look at the game and you look at individual plays of the game, um, the Quez Watkins fumble, which yeah. was a hustle play, I mean, it was a great play, made the catch. He rolls over. If he just gets tagged down, they probably win that game. He gets up. He's trying to hustle. He fumbles the ball. Uh, they were several plays from winning that game. I, I don't know. Run defense, obviously, you got to be a little concerned about. But overall, you know, it got away from him. Like you said, they lost it more than than Washington won it. I mean, give, like, again, like I said, give Washington some credit. They had a very smart game plan that, that kind of worked with, you know, keeping the Eagles off the field. They ran the ball. They held the time of possession was – at one point, it was ridiculously one-sided. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, the Watkins play was the biggest play of the game. There's no doubt about it. I kept – you know, Ken, um, I, I do an Eagle podcast once a week with uh, Ken Dunnick, mm-hmm. uh, who I think has been on your show a few times. Yes, oh, he has. Great guy, Ken. Uh, and so so we text during the game, and he was like – he would say he was kind of in not panic mode, but, oh, my God, you believe what you're watching? And I kept saying, don't worry, they're going to they're gonna pull this game out. They're going to yeah. – I kept saying the final score was going to be 28-26. I, although it probably would have either been 27 or 29 because had they scored, it would have probably gone for two. Yeah, um, I wasn't thinking that far ahead. Uh, but, um, and then Watkins play, I'm like, all right, there, he, there you go. They're, they're down in, they're, you know, what was it? The 25, I think, when he, when he caught the ball, right? Inside the right. 30. Yep. And there it was. And then, and then they fumble. I mean, it was, that was kind of a fluke fumble in a sense. Yeah, hustle play. Like you say, yeah. he could have just been tagged down right there. Right. And tagged it's down. Over. It's all right. He tries to get up and run, and the guy strips him. Yep. So, yeah, it was just, I, again, cons- you're always concerned. I, I mean, I'd be concerned they were 9-0 playing whoever because it's football and things are going to happen. But what can, what would concern me the most if I was a fan is this division all of a sudden. This, this isn't the NFC East that we're used to the last few years. The Giants are 7-2. and two. I know yeah. that people say, oh, the Giants are they're 7-2, and, two, and, and Eagles haven't played them yet. So the Giants' fate is in their hands. If the Giants were to beat the Eagles twice, they're ahead of them. Yeah, right. And and would also have the tiebreaker, obviously. So um that's where the concern comes in is that nothing you're what looked like you were gonna cruise along to the to the number one seed, 
all of a sudden you're tied with Minnesota, even though you have the tiebreaker on them, but you're still tied with them. And the Giants are only a game back. So that's where the concern, as of today, that's where they're, that's where I would be con- concerned is that what looked like an easy role to number one is now they they, they, they lost their margin of, of, of error right now. Well, Jalen Hurts has been uh, pretty good this year. He was mediocre Monday night, but he's having a real good year. You know that, his second full season as a starter. Have you seen enough of Hurts, Mark, to warrant or to say that he warrants a nice new contract this offseason, that he can be the guy, or should we be cautious because of what happened with Wentz? <laughs> Who? Wentz. <Is> he- <laughs> yeah, remember him? <laughs> uh, uh, no, I wouldn't. I mean, you can't – you can't – Look at that. You, you know, Hertz has played well enough that he deserves to be the guy. He's the guy now. You don't, I think, that's my opinion. I've always liked Hertz. I liked him in college. When they made that pick, I was surprised. I liked him. I wrote stories about him prior to that draft saying, this guy's probably going to go second round, but he but he might be a pretty good second round pick. Not in 100 years that I think the Eagles were going to take him because they had just given Wentz that contract. And, and you know, you, you didn't think they were going to take a quarterback that that high. But no, I, I liked him. I liked him at Alabama. I liked him at Oklahoma. He's a winner, is is, is what he is. And he and from everything, I, and I don't know him because I've I've been gone. I was gone after they they drafted him, obviously. But everything I've heard about him from talking to people about him, and you see it yourself now. He works hard. He's not a. And I'm, I don't want to say other quarterbacks didn't work as hard as he does, but they don't. I know. I mean, I don't want to make name names, but there are quarterbacks, that, not players in general. This guy worked. He, if he has a, if he has a flaw. He's going to do whatever he can to correct his flaws. And I think you've seen that from the time he started mm-hmm. as a rookie till now. So some of the passes he makes now, he couldn't make as a rookie. And now mm-hmm. he now, now he, he he's no Jalen Hurts is is good. He's he's a good player. That was a nice pick. Um no, the Eagles, they, listen, the Eagles are a good team. They're a good team. They they played poorly the other night, but it happens. Mm-hmm. Hey, Mark, on a Monday night. Do <laughs> you um any concern for the fact, you know, the game was, it wasn't getting away from them on the scoreboard. They just weren't on the field offensively. Does it bother you any that uh, they only rushed the ball twice in the first half besides the two runs by Hertz, four total? Uh, Miles Sanders is a five-yard-a-carry career guy, and he can't get more than 10 carries at a time. And second, um, like always seems to happen when teams get in this situation, they got greedy and went for a home run and threw an interception. Uh, when they could just run the ball, they got the best offensive line in football. Run the stinking ball. Yeah, I know what you're saying, but as I, and when you look back at that, yeah, I would say, wow, they only ran it. But as I as I watched the game, I never said, hey, they should be running more. I just, I, I mean, they got behind the sticks a little bit. They they were in some bad down and distance situations at times. I think that caused them to throw. Plus, now you have to look at what the what at the team you're playing. Washington's front's pretty good. I know the Eagles do have a good offensive line, but Washington's front is that's the strength of their defense, probably the strength of their whole team. Their secondary, not not the strength of the team. So I could see where, you know, and I don't even know who who puts the game. I guess Sirianni still is in charge of the game plan, even though he don't he doesn't call the plays, right? But I, when when they did their, you know, their their work during the week, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, they probably looked at it and said, hey we could throw on this team all, all day. That's what teams do against Washington. You know, just give them time, give Hurts time. And he, when he, and he did have pretty good time. And he, like I said, you know, they, they made some plays, they just the turnovers, you can't have four turnovers in a game. You, you just can't. I mean, I don't know how many teams have ever won with four turnovers. 
Well, not only did they lose the game Monday night, they lost uh, an important guy for several weeks, four weeks at the minimum, who was having a pretty solid season. That's tight end Dallas Goddard. The backups are Jack Stoll, rookie Grant Calcaterra, and they just activated Tyrese Jackson, too. The tight end, a big part of their offense, of course. How big a blow is that, do you think? Oh, that, that's going to hurt him. He's a good player, Dallas Goddard, very good player. Um, and like you said, they're not real deep. They don't have a veteran. I mean, I don't even know those guys that, that you mentioned. I guess they, they kind of like that Jackson kid, though. Didn't he have a real good good preseason? Yeah, yeah last did. year, yeah. Okay, so that's a guy that they they kind of like a little bit. So we'll see. I mean, what they're going to have to do is they'll probably go more. They, I mean, they, they go three wide a lot now anyway. But they'll probably see even, even more of that. And every, or maybe even four wide. I mean, they this this group of eagle wide receivers. I don't. I hate saying it best ever, but it's up there, right? I mean, I, AJ Brown and and Kick and Smith and Watkins and even um I, I forget his name the, the kid they got from Sandy uh, Pascal. Yeah, Zach Pascal. Four, four, I can't remember the Eagles having four receivers that like being being this deep at wide receiver in a, in a long, long time. I, I won't hey, say that. Let me ask you something. Uh, speaking of Goddard, he hurt his shoulder on that play right. when he fumbled uh, a reception while being the victim of a blatant face mask that the officials missed. Should those kind of things, do you think, be challengeable and reviewable? No, no because then the game's going to take six hours. I mean, listen, I'm not a replay guy. I mean, I understand. You want to get things right, but, I mean, if you're going to – listen, they, they they blew it. They They missed that call. It happens. I'm sure there was. I'm sure there was a hold somewhere in the game that they missed. I'm sure there was something else that they missed. It's, but that's human error. It's, it's going to happen. I mean, if you want to re- review every play, and if you then get ready for six hour games, and I don't want six hour games, <laughs> you know, like same with baseball. I mean, you got to start re- re- reviewing balls and strikes next. I mean, umpires miss calls, referees miss calls. You know, in in every sport, he missed that. It happens. And and to be honest. When the play happened, I didn't. I wasn't screaming, "Hey, face mask!" And, and then when they showed the replay, I said, "Oh my God, he grabbed his face mask!" But yeah. it wasn't like you saw it. It wasn't like sometimes you, it's a clear face mask. You, you see his, his head gets yanked or whatever. It wasn't like that on, on on that play. But again, what we need is better referees. Yes, <laughs> that's what we need. Right? Yes, I mean, and not just in this game. All year, I mean, the the play. I mean, the coaching and re- coaching and refereeing. Have are at an all time low this year. Hmm. Interesting. There's, there's some dumb coaches out there this year. I mean, really <laughs> well, I, I think I, you know it's funny you bring that up because uh, it's something I've been thinking about and talking with with friends all week about. You know uh, that Buffalo, um, that Buffalo Minnesota game. You know uh, Buffalo cho- chose not to kick a field goal that would have put them up 13 points. Exactly. Throws an interception, returns at 40 yards, all the momentum swings. Minnesota ends up winning the game. Green Bay and Dallas did the same thing. You know, you're watching the Packers, I'm sure. Dallas should have kicked a field goal. They decide not to, and they lose the game in overtime. Just, yeah, fourth and four, and all of a sudden they're thinking that's a a first down opportunity. Take the points. Well, that would have been a 57-yarder, but still the guy made a – he's a pretty good kicker. And Buffalo would have been a a, a 20-something, I mean – Buffalo is the dumbest good team I've ever seen. Right, yeah. <laughs> they're good. They're the, I think, but to be honest, I and mean, the Eagles are very good. In my opinion, Buffalo is the most talented team in the NFL, on both from top to bottom roster. But just like they lost last year with 13 seconds to go because they were dumb, 
they probably won't win this year because they're dumb. Right. Well, they've got a great they've got a great quarterback who who reminds me a lot of the the Marino Elway early days when they thought they could throw the ball through a wall. Well, Brett Favre is, is Brett Favre. Is. You know, uh, Josh Allen to me is that kind of guy. He's mm-hmm. just he thinks he could throw the ball through a shoebox, and there's there's defenders out there, so it can't happen. No, yeah, the Bills did everything wrong in that game. Everything from the kick yeah. in the field goal, then they had the lead, and I forget how much time was left. Not much. The Vikings were had one timeout left, and they run take some time off the clock. They threw the ball three times. Yeah. So they gave the Vikings the ball. The Vikings didn't have to use a timeout, and they gave them the ball back with one four whatever it was to go, instead of running some time, making the Vikings blow their last timeout, and you know. I don't know. I, I watch every game every week. I watch a game and I, and I just shake my head and say, "What? What's going on here?" And I I hate to say, it, but I blame analytics. I'm I'm not an analytics guy. Yeah. Bill, I'm, you're shaking your head. I don't think you are either. Oh no, Chad. <laughs> I don't know what Chad is. Chad, I can't figure. I don't out. know what I. Am. No, I can't figure him out either. <laughs> Nobody knows what I. Sometimes am. he's old school. Sometimes he's new way. I don't know what. <laughs> right. But uh, yeah, I'm not analytics. I I believe in old school. I'm an old school football play the game, kick, take points when you're supposed to take points. Don't chase two-point conversions. That, that always comes back to bite you. Yep. You know, yep. go for two when you have to at near the end of the game. Don't Never go for two in the second quarter. Mark, you've been writing about the Packers a lot the last few years. Uh, what the heck's going on with Green Bay this year? Well, they kind of screwed up the offseason, in my opinion. I've, and I've written this a couple times. They, had a, they were at a fork in the road, okay? So they had a choice to make. Do you bring Aaron Rodgers back? Or do, you, or do you trade him or let him, whatever? They decided to bring him back. Okay, that's that was, you know, he was two-time two time reigning MVP, four-time MVP, one of the greatest quarterbacks. Okay, 38 years old, so you you bring him back. That's great. But then, and they traded Devontae Adams because he wanted to get traded. He wanted to go play with his with his BFF car in, in Vegas and all that. Okay, but you got a lot for him. You got a one and a two. They had the ammunition to do some things. They should have traded for AJ Brown. Hmm. You know, if 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 you're bringing back a 38 year old quarterback, don't surround him with a bunch of rookies. Right now, if you wanted to go the other way, if if you let Rodgers go or traded Rodgers and got any more picks, and you're going with Jordan Love, yeah, then let's let's build. Okay, we're we're going to be young now. We're gonna we're gonna look look ahead. They tried to do both, and you can't do both. It's just you know, and they've had some. They've had some issues on the offensive line. David Bakhtiari, one of the best left tackles in the game. Um, when he plays, he's been he's still been very good, but that he he tore that knee over a year ago, almost two years now. Yeah, it, it is two years now almost. Um, and he still has problems where he sometimes some games he hasn't finished, some games he hasn't played, and Elton Jenkins also. So they've had some problems on the offensive line. Um they their defense has been which was supposed to be very good this year. That was supposed to carry them while the offense found its feet. And that's what I think. That's what they were planning on. Our defense will dominate early, and we'll let the and the offense will will gradually get better. And you saw they they did get better last week. That was that was their best offensive performance of, of the season by by far. Uh, but the defense hasn't been. It's been okay. It hasn't been dominant by any means. And now they lost their best player on defense, Rashawn Gary. So that doesn't help either. But you know it happens. You know since I I'm I'm going to write this story soon. Um, since 1992, right, after the 91 season, when, when Ron Wolf became general manager and Mike Holmgren was hired as head coach and they traded for, for Brett Favre. So we're going back 30 years. The Packers have only had four losing seasons. 
That's pretty amazing. Yeah. And I mean, two quarterbacks. Almost, yeah. Almost, right? Well, Ford was, yeah, Ford came in that year. He, he took over halfway from um, Don Mikowski, but um, four losing seasons in, in 30 some year in 30 years. That's so they're kind of, they were kind of due for maybe a bad, an off year. I don't know. Um, just to give you like the Eagles have been very good in that same, in that same span, right? Andy, Andy's years and all, but they've had nine losing seasons. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's well, the big question. They're the the big question coach. is, are, are the big question is, are they going to get better enough when they come in here in about a month that uh, no, they're going to, the, yeah, the next Eagles going to take care Sunday. of them? Next week. Eagles, yeah. Eagles should win that game. Um, they both have games that uh, the Packers play tomorrow night against Tennessee, yep. which will be a good game. The Eagles should beat the Colts, right? I mean. They should. They should. Will's not looking real confident there. Come on. <laughs> Colts aren't very good. Um, although they do have a good running back. Yeah, that's a scary thing. Wisconsin, they're but, better than they're better on offense than the Redskins or than Washington. Mm, With Matt Ryan back yeah. in, there. yeah, you're probably right. They probably are better offensively, not not as good defensively, maybe, but they're pretty good. Come on, they got three wins. They're not that good, right? <laughs> Bill, one more from you before we do that little fast five thing. All right. Uh, I wanted to throw back at you. I actually had a few, but I'll throw one at you. Uh, the defensive scheme that you saw the other night and the, the soft coverage that they, they threw out there, uh, Darius Slay looked pretty awful, and he's a pretty good player. Um, you, you blame that on scheme or you blame that on not, just not players not making plays? What do you, what do you think? McLaren case, had a field day again. Players not making plays. Um, and let me tell you something. Terry McLaren's good. Yeah, he's very underrated. I mean, yeah. he, he I, um, Washington played Green Bay about a month ago and beat him. And McLaren was a star at that game by far. And, and Jair Alexander is one of the better corners in the league. And I've never seen Jair, Jair Alexander beaten by a receiver the way McLaren beat him. McLaren, Terry McLaren is very underrated. He's, yeah, I think he had 128 yards the other day, and he had a, I think he was six for 102 the first time they played him. He's I mean, eight for 126 this time. People uh, don't know. talk about him the way they talk about Jefferson or Adams, or maybe because his last name isn't the same as a president's. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That was good. That was pretty good. good. (laughs) All right. Is it time for Fast Five? I know, Mark, we can't have you without having Fast Five. five. Chet's all fired up for this. And and Chet comes up with good ones for me sometimes. Let's do it. Fast Five, Mark. You know the drill. Five questions, five relatively short answers. Let's uh, see what we can do here. Number one, Mark. Will the Eagles be the number one seed in the NFC, or if someone else, who? No, the Eagles will be number one. I like your answer right there. Number two, who is more likely to make the playoffs, the Cowboys or the Giants? Both. You think both will make it as a oh, wild card? Both. Yeah, they'll be the top two wild cards. Number three, Bill Belichick has long been considered the best coach in the NFL. Who is second today? Today? Yeah. Well, active. Active. Andy Reid. Probably and right. I, it pains me to say that because you guys know that Andy and I had a, a love-hate relationship without the love. Yeah. Number four. Mark, did you ever have a job unrelated to sports writing? If so, what did you do? I was an athletic. Does athletic director count? Yeah. I was, I was the athletic director at Trenton Catholic Academy for four years. I did not know that. See that? We learned something. Oh, here. I was still writing. I, I, I did both for okay. four years. All right. Number five. What is your favorite classic rock band or artist? Hmm. The, define classic rock. 
Well, okay. Any music, any Beatles. music. Are, are, are the Beatles classic rock? Yeah, that's fine. Beatles are my, the Beatles are my favorite band of all time. All right, there you go. And a bonus one: you once told us that Cheers was your favorite sitcom. Oh, yeah. What are two or three other all-time favorites? Sitcoms or anything? Yeah, sitcoms. Oh, that 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 new one. Like, I'll, I'll, I'll give you a modern one. That uh, Shit's Creek. Yeah, that's funny. Um, Seinfeld. I have to put Seinfeld in there. And uh, one more. Let me see. Um, oh, the Big Bang Theory. There you go. Good choices right there. That's it. That's all you got. That's, that's five. I gave. <laughs> there. Wow, that was easy. Fast. No, hey, Mark. I I have time to squeeze my one more question yeah, in there too. since he's done already. Uh, you you mentioned receivers, AJ Brown, uh, some others you threw around, Tyree Kill, Metcalf, Jefferson, Cup. Have you ever, as long as you've been covering the NFL, have you do you ever remember? So, so many talented receivers is is in this league right now. Um, not not the depth like you just said. I mean, you know, Jerry Rice was still the greatest of all time. Yeah. Randy Moss was pretty darn good. To was great. Um, but the, yeah, no. And well, the, because the game has changed over the years. When I when I when I was covering it way back when, you didn't throw the ball as often as you do now, and the, and the rules have changed. So wide receivers get away with more than they used to. You know. Yeah. Or defensive backs don't get away with what they used right. to. I should say. Um, so I think that's that's part of it. Like when when you look at receivers' numbers now, you say, "Wow, these guys are putting up numbers like you never see." Yeah, because that doesn't make them better than the Gary Rice's or Randy Moss's or Tios or James Lofton or you know I can go on and on. Harold Carmichael, Mike Quick. Um, but again, the, going back to Eagles, these Eagles receivers, I have to think about it. I, I I said this to Ken last week. I hate to say ever. But, but I'm, I am going to say this: that I am going to go with, with the ever here, and, and as my parting shot, the AJ Brown trade, greatest trade in Eagle history. Mm, no greatest. argument for me. Bill Berge was. Bill Berge was the greatest trade in Eagle. I thought. Ah, there you go. I love Berge. Favorites. But they gave yeah. up a lot for. They gave up way more for Berge than they did for. They him. did, yeah. So yep. Bill's number two now. All, All right, right, Mark. You go back to your beach chair. <laughs> well, it's getting a little cool here now. We're not quite on the <laughs> yeah. It's still warmer than it is there, I'm sure. But oh, yeah. Yeah. Not where Bill, are, you, are you in Florida, Bill? Or are you in oh, yeah. Yeah. No, well, you're warm. Yeah, I'm in my short sleeve shirt. I'm good. Okay. I got shorts on, but I'm wearing a, I'm wearing a, it's, it, it's a sweatshirt, shorts kind of weather. This there Sunday, we're looking at a high of 38 on Sunday. I don't like that. Ooh, that's not good. Do that's not winter like time. I don't like those numbers. Yeah, that's winter time. Well, All Mark, right, thanks as cool. always. Thanks for joining right. us, bud. Right, we'll do it again. Okay. Thanks, Mark. All right. All right, Chet. Good stuff, as always, from Mark. Mm -hmm. Hey, I got to ask you, though. You spending more time on your couch than you are your car. It's time for you to start saving with Allstate's pay-as-you-go auto insurance. Yes, sir, Bill. Allstate's pay-as-you-go auto insurance puts you in control. You only pay for the miles you drive with the same full coverage that a traditional policy offers. Pay-per-mile insurance gives customers greater control of their insurance costs. See how much you can save with pay-per-mile car insurance by calling your local agent. I'm all choked up about it. In Westchester, <laughs> that would be Dave Lavoy, Westchester, PA. Dave Lavoy at 610-430-0700. Again, 610-430-0700. And start to save more now that you are driving less. All right. Well, hey, driving more. How about driving over to the bridge to the Irish Rover Station House? What's going on over there? Always plenty going on at the Rover, Bill. They are in Langhorn, Pennsylvania. And they've really loaded up the calendar as we move into the holiday season almost every week there are Thursday through Sunday dinner specials. But this week, Thursday through Sunday, 
Well, let's see what they have going on. Oh, here it is. It's Friendsgiving with Thanksgiving-themed dinner specials every day and plates meant to be shared with friends. Get it? Friendsgiving. Looks like a lot of great choices there. And if you're a beer lover like me, remember there are always 24 beers on tap and drink specials during all Eagles games. And uh, we have a lot more to talk about with, uh, regarding the Rover as far as what's coming up. They have a gift card thing coming up next week. And then my favorite, the ugly Christmas sweater party in oh, December. Geez. More about that later. The Irish Rover is on Bellevue Avenue in Langhorn. Find them on the web at irishroverstationhouse.com. And, Bill, I think we need to hear from Merrill before we continue. <laughs> Hi, football fans. This is Beryl Reese, and you're listening to Bill and Chet on Philly Press Box Radio. It's good! It wasn't so good on Monday night, Chet. It was not. But, uh, it was not. But it's still always good to have Merle. Hey, I, I got to ask you, have you looked in your closet at those ugly sweaters? Because they're probably in there shaking, hoping they don't get picked. Oh, no. They're, they're competing for my attention right now, as a matter of fact. <laughs> and I, I just ordered a new one that came in the mail last week. So uh, I got get a new one put in the mail on everybody. Get out. All right. Hey. Let's talk Joel Embiid and his incredible 59-point performance against Utah uh, on top of that, Chet, tremendous all-around game, 11 rebounds, 8 assists, 7 blocks. Uh, does that mean he's going to sit out the next two or three games or, or what? It does not. Stop picking oh. on him. That was Sunday evening, Bill, less than 24 hours after he had a 42-point double-digit rebound game the prior night. And I actually only caught the final few minutes of the Sunday game. But from what I saw and then the highlights that I watched the following morning, it was amazing. Keith Pompey, our buddy, called it one of the very best games he ever witnessed. Keith would know. I mean, as you as you noted, it was a great all-around performance, and that includes on the defensive end, seven block shots. Uh, I heard on the radio last week, one of the hosts on WIP was saying, you know, he's been okay off and on, but his defense isn't what it used to be. Well, he might have heard that because he was fantastic on Sunday night getting rebounds and those seven blocks. So uh, that was nice to see. Is he going to do that every night? Of course not. But I'll tell you, he is really, really good, Bill, when he's healthy. Yeah, and, you know, and you're, you certainly can't play at that level every night, but you know it's just not physically possible. But I would say he raised the bar. I, I think the expectations can be even higher for him to be even better. Now the other thing, I don't have it right in front of me, but I meant to. I believe there were only him and one other guy in double figures in that game. Um, yeah, Reese. Yeah, and and that's not good. You know that that's not good to not have any kind of balance anywhere else, but. Uh, 59 points, a lot of points. <laughs> yeah, and they won the game, which is the most important thing. And it was a close game, too. It was a very good game, not just uh, a great performance by him. Uh, not so great game. The New York Nets, or the Brooklyn Nets, last night, they lost by like 37 points or 32 points. But Ben Simmons, they say, had his best game of the season. 11 points, 5 rebounds, and 6 assists. What a mess. And now there are reports that there's some uh, internal discussions among other teammates of his saying, you know, we don't know what to get or what's going on with this guy because some nights he just doesn't show up. Literally I, and figuratively. I don't really know who that is you're talking about. Oh, my God. He, I do not done. miss him. And I'm glad he's somebody else's problem. He had the left knee drained a while back that caused him to miss a few games. He's due in Philadelphia, by the way, next Tuesday. I bet you there are betting odds of whether he's going to be on the court that night. 
I'm thinking he may have one of those uh, little knee mishaps that'll keep him from playing. Yeah, you know, you know, it's really interesting if you if you step back and look at that whole thing. Chet, though, is you know he was a, he was a good player. You remember? I remember being right on this show saying that he's a triple double machine every night. He's gonna he's gonna triple double you, and something some wire went loose somewhere. You know, I mean, whether it's his personality, his willingness to work, uh, he, he made too much money. He got with the wrong people. I don't know what it is, but you talk about I, – I don't ever remember seeing a turnaround of a player like what has happened to him. I mean, he went from a, an all-star to, a you know, from a really great chance to be a great, great player to being really bad. And he's still only, what, 25 or whatever? But yeah. I don't know if it's a mental thing now. I mean, that's what he claimed initially, that it was a whole mental thing where he was having um, some mental – issues as far as getting on the court and I mean, he's clearly afraid to shoot we know that and i don't think he's a hard worker uh, you know he says he wants to win and wants to compete but it doesn't look like it anymore when he is out there so boy I, i'm glad he's not our problem in philly yeah well and, and you remember back at the time uh herb mcgee the the shooting guru you know offered to spend time with him and he wouldn't do it um back yeah. when he was here so instead of his brother to uh, teach him yeah okay. yeah right right <laughs> yeah it's a you know it's a big interest to me it's kind of like a not that it matters to us anymore but kind of a case study to me uh having worked with a lot of players you know what happened Some, something happened yeah. something some wire got crossed somewhere getting it back might, to the sixers though might have been uh, money who knows? Sixers don't play now till Friday after winning the two weekend games and, uh, you know, and be maybe losing some of that momentum. But the good news is they, they could use the rest. Uh, and they got a big matchup Friday night with the Milwaukee Bucks coming yeah. to town. So that is a, a big one as far as the NBA Eastern Conference. Sixers seven and seven. It's early in the season. And as we talked about previously, I don't think they put a whole lot of credence on the regular season one loss records. It's getting guys healthy and in shape for, you know, May and June. So, you know, you win your 48 to 52 games and hope you're ready come playoff time. Well, you're you're at 14 games right now. I still have to ask you, where's that leash on Glenn Rivers? Uh, I said 20 games. And if they're 9 and 11 or 10 and 10, I would think about it. Of course, you can give him a little bit of a leeway here because he's been without James Harden now for a couple of weeks and will be without Harden for two more weeks. But I, I wouldn't be upset if they let him go, believe me. Well, I don't know who they would replace him with, but uh, I'm Sam not, Cassell, perhaps. I'm not seeing, uh, yeah, I'm not seeing it. Uh, I'm not seeing the improvement in this team. Yeah. And, I, and I'm not sure they have the resources to win this thing anyway. I don't know they can go eight or nine deep. And, yeah, well, P.J. Tucker, who, you know, we thought was a young 34 or whatever last year, is suddenly looking like an old man. He is not what they traded for or not what they signed. Uh, so, yeah, that, that that's something that's not working. Kind of like the Al Horford deal a couple of years ago. They thought they were getting this great guy who played great in Boston and is, again, playing well in Boston, but just didn't cut it in Philly. Maybe that's the case with P.J. Tucker. And they're not getting much from House either. So, yeah, so far these good offseason additions aren't looking so great. Yeah. All right, let's talk Flyers for a minute. Uh, they were having some real goal troubles, uh, couldn't score goals. Then last night they they scored four goals, but they played behind the whole game as they have just about every game. Um, I didn't get the sound bite because it was too late, but great John Tortorella <laughs> <We> <laughs> sound <suck>. bite in the <laughs> middle suck. of the game. We suck. 
Uh, what do you yeah, make of funny. what's going on with the Flyers? Uh, first of all, they did not look good the previous couple of games. And last night they were down 2 nothing, battled back to tie it, down 4-2. I actually watched the third period, Bill, saw them fall uh, fall behind 4-2, to two, thought it was over. They did come back to tie it and, of course, lose in overtime 5-4. But again, Carter Hart kind of let out to dry at some points, the, def- the defense yeah. letting him down. And it's just a shame that, you know, there's just not a whole lot of talent there. And I, I think it's going to go more of what we've seen over the past week than what we saw earlier in the season. Cause I just don't think there's enough talent for them to compete for a playoff spot, Bill. Yeah. Car- Carter Hart actually kept them in the game. Yeah, he did. Even when they were down four, two, you know, and it got to four, four, he made some really huge saves to get them the point to at least get the overtime. Uh, you know, they're grinding, they're playing hard. But they don't have any goal scorers, and we knew that before the season started. They don't have a guy that can can score 25 or 30 goals anywhere on that team. Yeah, and then, you know, you got to play better defense. They've given up, what, 19 goals over the last four games. When you're giving up four or five goals a night, you're not going to win a whole lot of games. Yeah, and they and they had been playing a little better defensively early on, but uh, that that's going by the wayside now, too, because their penalty kill has gone south. Uh, I think the, the effort the, is there. The effort's right. there, but the talent is not. Right. All of a sudden, the penalty kill is, is not getting the job done, and they're giving up power play goals, and they don't have the offense to overcome that. That's for sure. Yep. All right. Well, hey, let's give a shout-out to all the shows at the Edge of Philly Sports Network this week. Chet, as always, wall-to-wall coverage continuing to grow. You can catch all the action at www.eopsports.com as well as Edge of Philly Sports on YouTube. You can find our show Philly Press Box Radio on our YouTube channel. Check us out. Hit the subscribe, follow, like buttons, and always share with your family and friends. If you see it every night, three, four, five shows covering everything Philly sports. Check it out. Pick your night, pick your show, and follow it. Let's welcome our man, Boop Stats. Is Boop at uh, live from Splits Bar and Grill tonight, or is he at the Boop House? Hold on one second. He must, like, not, be, he must not be allowed out. No, he's got to keep, he's gotta keep the dog out, so he must yeah. be at home. Hi, guys. Boop, welcome back. Thank hey, you. Boop. Good to see you. Hey, Boop, uh, you're going to have Boop some last week? weekend. And let me show you this picture. Um, I, I can't. Look at this Motley crew. I can't. <laughs> hey, scary, I, I can't unsee that. Yeah, how many people have a jersey with their IQ on there? That's pretty cool. <laughs> so your uh, buddy Steve Cooper, who does podcasts, very nice Cooper guy. Talk. Do people call him Coop? Because that yeah. would make it Boop and Coop. Oh, yeah, I never thought of that. Yeah, you could do like a little comedy thing together. You could be the you could be the Oop, the Oop brothers. <laughs> that was quite right, a Bill. right there. Oh, all right, hey Boop, we're gonna we're gonna get our games in, and then we're gonna get some Week Eleven Splits Bar Grill tidbits from you. How's oh, Boop that has something special for us tonight. It's not a football yeah, thing. A yeah, bit something special. special. All Keep right. You suspense. All right. Well, let's go ahead, uh, Chet. How did we do last week? Uh, what are our standing after ten weeks? Well, guys, as you may recall, Boop and I had the same exact four picks last week, so. He and I would end up with the same record. But, Bill, you took the Chargers to upset the Niners. That did not happen. So you were one and three. Boop and I were two and two. So for the season, I am now 27 and 14, a full three games up on you, Mr. Furman. 
Boop at 21 and 20 stays six games off the pace. I went to bed and the Chargers were winning. <laughs> I woke up and the Chargers had lost. I was not happy about that. Wait, I forgot to mention that I'm the defending champion. I just thought we should throw that in. <laughs> <laughs> okay, here we go. Week 11. You got something for now or you want to wait till no, the No, it's after, after the football. Oh, you guys, you guys are going to surprise me, I guess. Yeah. Okay. Week 11, we have four NFC East games, so we have no add-ins. Let's start out. Giants hosting the Lions. The Giants are minus three. Uh, Lions coming off a nice win. Yeah, finally. The Giants are one of two teams that have seven wins, none of which by more than eight points. So at first I thought that three was a little low, but it's probably right about right. I'm going New York by field goal. Yeah, I think it'll be close like all the Giants games are, but the Giants will win the game at least. I'm going to go Lions. Ooh. Just because I need to pick up a game. Lions scored 31 points. It was against the Bears. But you know what? If you're three behind or six behind, heck, I can still be boop. <laughs> <laughs> next. Uh, Washington yeah, next. visits Houston. The commies minus three and a half coming off that nice win on Monday night. Boop. Yeah, you know, there's an have to start for him this week, even though he's cleared the play. Um, that's, you know, Houston showed us the week before pretty much everything they had. Uh, so they, you know, they're not going to be the same team. Um, Washington will breeze in this one. I think they're a little bit better than we thought they were. And we saw a lot of that the other games, but you know, it's the Washington's better than we thought. Houston's not as good as we saw the last two weeks. I'm taking Washington. Washington as well. And you know, if the commanders win all of the Eastern Division four teams would be over 500, which is pretty amazing for, you know, week 11. Yeah. I'm going to go uh, Washington as well. Okay. All right. Cowboys visit Minnesota. Dallas favored in this by one. Yeah. How's I that happen? I have no idea. You know, they, they don't, they, they come up with these somehow and they must know what they're doing. But that Minnesota game was just so off the charts. Uh, I can't imagine them being quite up for this game other than it's the Cowboys. So if it was anybody else, I would say it might be a trap game, but everybody wants a piece of Dallas. So Minnesota withholds it, withstands it, and wins the game. Yeah, I agree. I don't hey, know why did Dallas. Did you see PJ's ever... comment that I threw up there for <laughs> yeah, you guys? Because I said that in uh, our little promo, less than stellar, and he's right. Looking at our records, <laughs> yeah, we are not that stellar. <laughs> I'm taking Minnesota also. Anybody's welcome to try this, too. It's like predicting the weather. You, you try it and do better, and then you come complain. About it. So, you know. uh, I'm, no, taking like. Min- I'm taking Minnesota, too. Uh, it just, I saw that line. I was like, hey, really shaking my head there. I, I don't know. I'm taking Minnesota, especially at home. Yeah. All right. Eagles visit Indianapolis. Eagles minus six and a half. Uh, hmm. They're not going to turn the ball over for four times again, that's for sure. Um, and that might be about the only way to beat this team. As bad as that was, and it was really bad from the moment Kelsey lob, uh, hobbled off after that second touchdown, I know he came back. They weren't the same mentally or physically, yet they were still in it at the end. We have a saying when the NCAA tournament comes around about the team that wins the NCAA tournament has to win its clunker. It has to have a game where it has no right to win because you can't play six in a row really well. you got to win your clunker. Well, that was their clunker, and they almost won it. So – I'm not as down as a lot of people were. I I wish they had had, if they had played a little better at certain points during the game, 
some of the referee stuff at the end wouldn't have mattered. So, you know, they're, they're going to, they're going to bounce back. So they'll be fine. And I'm taking the Eagles also. I think they will win and cover. If you want to score for me, I'm taking Eagles 31 Colts 21. I like the birds. Uh, I like the birds in a very close game. I, I think the Falcons offense with Matt Ryan or not the Falcons, Colts, the yep. uh, Colts with Matt Same Ryan, thing. Jonathan Taylor, uh, their offensive line is is getting a little bit better. Uh, they're better than the Redskins or than Washington was, and their defense is pretty solid. I, I think it's a lower scoring game. I think the Eagles will win. I do not think they'll cover. So just like last week, Boop and I have the same picks, and Bill, you have one different. So well, there you go. go. All right, Boop, throw us your weekly splits bar and grilled tidbits or whatever other surprises you have for me. Well, it's the World Cup coming up, guys, which is only the most popular sporting event in the world and has been for eight or nine decades. Um, and for the first time ever, more than one state in the in the, in the colonies can bet on it. Uh, so there's going to be a lot of money. I saw one estimate of $1.8 billion to be wagered by Americans on the World Cup. So I just thought I'd give a little quick couple of little notes to have. If you don't usually follow soccer, that – a, you got to watch out for the draw. There are always draws, and you can bet the draw on these results. And I would tell you that over the last two World Cups in the group uh, section, which is 48 games, both times there have been nine draws. So you get a draw about once every five matches. So don't be afraid to bet the draw. Uh, the second thing I'll tell you is the USS three matches. They open with Wales, then they play England, then they play Iran. Those are the teams in their group. Each of the groups is four teams, as you see. Each group has a prohibitive favorite. Each team has each group has one team that's got little or no shot to advance. And the middle two teams is usually some kind of demarcation. One's better than the other. Not so in the U.S. group. USA and Wales and all the odds I looked at are almost virtually dead even um, to win the group or advance into the, into the knockout round. So their first game against Wales, which was on that uh, the second day of the tournament, it might be the very most important match of the whole tournament as far as whether the U.S. gets in or not. So if you're looking to bet the U.S. matches, you can bet all three. You can bet any of the 48 group uh, matches right now on many websites. If you want to bet the U.S.-England or the U.S.-Iran game, I would do it before the Wales game because if they beat Wales, the interest is going to skyrocket, mm -hmm. which means that those odds you would get now for U.S. would go down. So – if you're thinking of betting U.S. on those other two matches, do so before, hopefully, they beat Wales. And the World Cup starts on Sunday, and the U.S. and Wales will uh, square off Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern time. So you'll probably have a lot of people watching that. And I did a story today at my news job that $1.8 billion is expected to be wagered by Americans on the World Cup. $1.8 billion. So it's going to be a big deal, Bill. Yeah. And I, you, I, I if, don't. I didn't even know it was getting ready to happen because it's just not. It's come just on, not my Bill. thing. I, I, I don't know what to tell you. It's just not my thing. If you happen to follow me on Twitter, um, I put out two pretty good uh, uh, schedules on the World Times and who plays where, and uh, nice, easy to follow schedule that you can uh, you can download or print or whatever and um, follow along. Because I'm not a big soccer guy, but if you're going to watch a sport you don't usually watch. Watch the best one that happens every four years, and this is it. There you go. Yep. All right. Any football tidbits for us this week? Bet the Chiefs. 
Batman Chiefs. <laughs> All right, Boop. Hey, we appreciate it always. Let everybody know where they can follow you before we send you out. You can find me at on Twitter at BoopStats. You can find my website, BoopStats.com, where I post a lot of stuff uh, on Facebook or right next between Chet and uh, Coop. That's Wits Bar and Grill most Sunday afternoons. <laughs> nice to see you there, Sunday, Boop. It was a nice surprise to see you, especially because – I didn't feel like spending talking to Steve the whole day. So now I got to go half and half with you. Bill, I even bought him a beer. How about that? There you no. Know. Great. Yeah. No. Good job. All right, Boop. We'll have, uh, well, we, we'll, we'll see you next week. I was going to say, Tuesday, have a good Tuesday next week. We're going to see oh. Tuesday night. Oh, that's a problem. All right. We'll talk. I'll talk. We'll work you. something out. Yeah. Okay. I may be slurring when I talk to you. <laughs> okay. We'll All figure right, it out. See All you, right, Boop. See ya. All right, Jet. Great guest tonight, Mark Eckel and Boop, as always. Who's coming to Philly Press Box Radio next week? Boy, did I not load the picture? I did not. Oh, no, I did. I'm good. Okay. Uh, yeah, take note, first of all, because it is Thanksgiving week, our show will be Tuesday evening, the 22nd, I guess that would be, and we'll have a guest that hasn't been on the show in three years. In fact, he was on in 2016, then again in 2019, and now again. So he's apparently on the once-every-three-year plan and that would be the radio voice of the Philadelphia 76ers, Tom McGinnis. So uh, we will have Tom on to talk, talk Sixers. After that, Bill, we're going to have lots of Eagles, Flyers, and Phillies talking. I think I'm going to throw in a random chat for you as well since I haven't done that in a while. So random chat next week, plus Tom McGinnis. All right, good stuff. Hey, if you notice the comments I'm putting up there, Chet, uh, from Rob, Robert, and uh, Robbie, just so happens, uh, we don't have any soccer fans in this bunch. They're, they're going to be with me watching football or reruns of I Love Lucy or something. Yeah, uh, I'm not a huge fan either, but I'll probably throw it on the TV here at work Monday at 2 o'clock and uh, see what's going on. And it will get huge ratings, just probably not from a lot of our viewers, unfortunately. Right. right. Hey, let's talk a little bit of Phillies. Uh, word came down today, Chad Bryce Harper is having surgery next week. Uh, could be up to six months if it's full Tommy John. Uh, there's a chance that maybe it is not Tommy John, but uh, that would make it a little lesser of a, of a lengthy um, timeout. So what do you make of the Phils starting without Bryce Harper for maybe to the All-Star break? Well, a couple of things. First of all, it's weird that they don't know exactly what the surgery will entail until they go in there next Wednesday. Secondly, why are they waiting till next Wednesday? That will be 18 days after the last game was played. He knew he needed at least some kind of procedure, you know, why not do it a few days after? Maybe you want to take a few days and do something with your family. But, you know, every week is important in a baseball season when, you know, you're talking about a couple of games here and there that could decide your postseason fate. So I think they should have done something with him last week and not wait till next Wednesday, the day before Thanksgiving. That's the first thing. I'm going to, well, I'm going to let me comment on that yeah. because I, I'm going to throw this out and I have no reason to throw this out other than just thinking. I'm going to say he left. I'm going to say he left and went on a big trip, has been gone a couple of weeks. Yeah. Uh, personal time. And here we are. I, I, I don't think they sat around and said, well, let's scratch our head until we figure out what we're going to do. I, I think Bryce probably took some time off and here we are. Yeah, he probably did. And, you know, I can understand that after a long season. And, you know, he had to come back from the previous injury in uh, August. Incredibly he, long season. It's November. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So 
Yeah, I'm sure he's a little worn out and needed some family time, but it just it's going to cost them another two weeks on top of whatever else the recovery time will be. You know, hopefully it won't be a full Tommy John, which is not, of course, as bad as it would be for a pitcher, but he's still still going to miss uh, a few months of the season, several months if it is the full Tommy John surgery. And then you got you got to wonder about, you know, is he going to be able to throw again right away or is he going to have to be a DH for an entire you know, half season again when he comes back again. And that kind of messes up the Phillies offseason plans because they don't know, at least until next Wednesday, what they're going to need in terms of, you know, another outfielder and, you know, how it's going to work with the DH. But it, it's not going to stop them from going after Trey Turner or one of those other shortstops who are. Well, and, and are you surprised that nothing has happened? I mean, we're, what, a week in, um, and actually – it seems to have been somewhat quiet. There's a couple yeah, of games being bounced nothing, around, yeah. but uh, <laughs> and they, none of those shortstops have signed with anybody else either. But right. um, you know, I don't know if it's just posturing. Everybody's trying to get their money in order uh, before they they make these deals, or exactly what's going on. But uh, to me, it's kind of interesting. Usually, you seem at the start, you kind of get a flood of guys that sign right away. None of that has happened, it, and it. They might be watching their money. You know, they got to give up draft picks. The Phillies have to give up draft picks if they uh, sign any one of those guys. Yeah. It's not like the NBA or NFL, though. When NBA and NFL free agency starts, boom, there are signings like, you know, 401, right? Because I guess they negotiate and talk beforehand. But, yeah, with baseball, it often takes quite a while longer. So, you know, at some point we're going to – have things happening and sometimes it's early december when they have the the little winter meetings or whatever they if they still do that but i think we'll have something by early december for sure yeah and uh there was a quote today from dave dombrowski it was too late for me to get a get a picture of it up there but uh you know he he made the comment that they're going to leave the one of the rotation spots for one of the young kids bailey falter or painter or one of those young guys uh, which made you think that he's filling the fourth spot because he doesn't have anybody for that fourth spot. Be, you know, he's got Wheeler, Nola, and Suarez. Um, is Rondon, Rondon in the in the picture uh, to fill a fourth slot? Or what are they going to do? Which also, to take that one step further before I give it over to you, uh, he is another guy that they have to give a second and fifth round draft pick up mm-hmm. for. Well, there's only one second and one fifth this year. So maybe there's just business decisions going on back there to figure out how you all work all that out if you go get Turner and and one of those high-quality pitchers. Yeah, I don't think they're going to get one of the top starting pitchers. I think they will go after one of the shortstops and then more of a you know second-tier pitcher. That's just my inclination because they know they have Andrew Painter, who's probably going to be up, if not at the beginning of the season, certainly by – july of next year so that's that's where i think it's going to go with that bill before we continue we got a couple other things we got to do and one thing is i want to mention philly sports trips i mentioned that trip to brooklyn well philly sports trips is taking folks up to brooklyn oh the the indie game this weekend the football game already sold out so don't even talk to them about that but they do have trips to all eagles road games and then yes Uh, a bus trip up to the Barclays Center to see the Sixers and the Nets. No, not next week, but on February 11th, okay? So who knows if Benny will even be uh, on the court at that time. I may have to do that one. And then you have the spring training trip also next March. It's all through Philly Sports Trips. Check their website, phillysportstrips.com. 
Yeah, and I, I won't be with those guys this week because I'm doing my own thing coming from Florida uh, to Indianapolis, but I hope to meet up with them. I know where they're going to be and uh, for their pregame tailgate, I hope to maybe at least uh, get to meet those guys. Yeah, yeah, they're a good bunch of guys, so hopefully you do. Uh, what are your plans for the weekend? You're going to be at the game, hanging with uh, some relatives, perhaps. Yeah, well, we got uh, we're getting up there Friday, Saturday morning. We're getting up. We're taking a two hour drive to South Bend to see Boston uh, College, Notre Dame. Um, I've been to Notre Dame one other time for a game, but it's cool. It's cool place to go. It will be very cold. Twenty seven uh, is the high for Saturday. Uh, then we then we'll drive back down to Indianapolis, spend the night in the Colts Hotel, um, and then we'll be headed over to the game, uh, courtesy of young Bill Furman, and then we'll be back on the plane on Sunday night, headed back to the sunshine. All right. Sounds like a good weekend. Hey, speaking of fun things, uh, I think you know that over the weekend, not only did I get attacked by the monsters, I went to the 10th anniversary Barkan Foundation event, and... I got attacked and hugged by this guy. Uh, he is a big dude. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Jordan Mylata. Guy's huge. We see him on the field, but, you know, up close and in person, he's even bigger. And there's Michael Barkan. So it was good to see Michael as well, as well as our pal, Mike Barnes. Great event. And, yeah, it was 10 years ago this week that they had their first event, which Mike Barnes posted about today when they had uh, Ryan Howard and, uh, a whole bunch of Philly athletes, their very first event. So uh, congrats to them on 10 great years. Yeah, great stuff. The pictures were great, and uh, everything you told me about it was great. So it's uh, good stuff, good good uh, charity that they run, and uh, they do a lot of great things. And Mike's right in the middle of it. We appreciate that. You got some rasin to do, Bill? I do. Let's take a quick break. Thank our friends at the PPCC 118 Raz Room. They post great sports memorabilia on their Facebook page, so people could take a chance of winning something they may not be able to afford or have access to. All items come with certificates of authenticity. They continue to run out great autograph memorabilia from all the Philly teams and more. Check out their Facebook page. Like it or follow it. It's PPCC 118 Razroom. That's right, PPCC 118 Razroom on Facebook. And Chet, matter of fact, a winner just came out tonight of a Jalen Hurts mini helmet who happens to be the same guy that won the Jason Kelsey mini helmet <laughs> earlier in the week. Good. Wow. He's on a roll. How about that? Damn. Very All nice. Right. Anything else? Quick parting shots. Anything we missed? Uh, I think we covered pretty much everything. Penn State with uh, another win last week. A shame they can't win the huge games, but they're winning all the other ones at least. Yeah, they're going to end up 10-2. and two. They're going to be not in the mix for the Final Four, but they're going to be in the top 10 when it's all yeah. said and done. Go PSU. Go Sixers. Go Flyers. And, of course, go Eagles. That's right. Well, let's wrap this thing up. Let's thank tonight's special guests, Mark Echo and Bob Vitrone Jr., our sponsors, the Irish Rover Station House, Bob Sullivan's LikeYourAge.com, PPCC 118 Raz Room, and Dave LaVoy of Allstate Insurance in Westchester, PA. For Jim Chechesco, this is Bill Furman. We hope you enjoyed the show. We'll join Philly Press Box Radio next Tuesday, November 15th at 7 p.m. See us live on Facebook. Listen to our website, phillypressboxradio.com, on blogtalkradio.com slash phillypressboxradio, on Google Podcasts as well as Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and all the others. High hopes, Philadelphia sports fans, and go birds. Happy trails to you. Till we meet.